for joining us here at Rose Quartz Mediumship Podcast. Here, we love to talk about anything and everything metaphysically based. Today, I'm going to tell a little bit about the first seance that I went to. A seance is essentially a group reading where no particular individual is guaranteed that a loved one, a spirit, a message will come through. But certainly, I always try to make sure that everybody gets some sort of a message. The fun part about a seance is that you get to hear everybody else's interaction with spirit and the messages that are coming through. The first seance that I did was actually with a group connected to D from the last podcast. As I said in the previous podcast, Dee got really excited about the interaction that she had with me around her daughter who had transitioned. And she had set up a bunch of people who wanted to have connection with loved ones who transitioned or messages that came through. And so we picked a date and as we started to get closer to that date, the excitement started to build in me. And I started to notice this particular energy, this particular spirit who kept tagging along with every place that I went and eventually I was actually driving to the grocery store and I tuned into the spirit and asked why why are you tagging along everywhere I'm going I hadn't yet connected it to the seance I just knew that there was this spirit that was kind of following me everywhere and so I asked why are you tagging along and and he said I'm saving my spot and I remember kind of thinking what do you mean you're saving your spot and he explained that he was connected to the seance and I said well the seance is in two weeks I I don't know that you have to be here for the next two weeks and he said that he wanted to go first. And in any sort of seance situation, there's always one spirit who is the loudest or the most present. And I thought it was a little bit funny that this particular individual felt that they needed to be with me for a two week period leading into the seance. And I said, I'll save your spot. And he said, I've got nothing better to do. And so I said, okay. And he spent the next two weeks with me. Um, not, Not entirely, but on and off. Certainly making his presence very known. There was part of me that wanted to tune in, ask him why, what it was that he needed. 
And I also recognized that that was really important to happen at the seance. So I didn't actually ask him who he was connected to, which would have been pretty irrelevant for me because I didn't know the majority of the people who were there. So it wouldn't have done me much good to have asked him or why it was that he was tagging along for everything. And I can remember vividly the day of the seance. And I had done small group stuff, but never a large group. So I just do want to kind of pause and clarify that. It was my first large seance. And I can remember driving. The drive to get there was over an hour for me. And that hour was really important. There is a grounding and opening that needs to happen as you lead into something like that. And as I was driving, I started my opening process with spirit. When I'm engaging with spirit, I try to have an opening and a closing process. And, and that does a couple of things. One, it protects my energy. And two, it lets spirit know when I'm really open for receiving and when I'm not. Now, if I'm not open, it doesn't mean that spirit isn't going to come through, right? If there's an important message, it's going to come through. But it certainly decreases a lot of that. And when I was initially opening to my, you know, my reopening to spirit and and my spiritual understanding of myself, I did not have an opening and closing process, mostly because I just wanted to be open all the time. I just desperately wanted to hear and understand and engage with spirit. And so I didn't have an opening and a closing process. And I kind of refused to do that because I didn't want to be closed. My perception was that somehow it was going to be better for me to be open. Later, I would understand that that was silly and that I was actually far better at my job, at engaging with spirit, at being who I am when there were times that I was not open. There were times that I was more focused on the human experience and less about having one foot in both worlds. So I'm driving up to this seance and there's a part of me that was nervous. There's a part of me that was still questioning, what if spirit doesn't come through? What if I can't relay messages for some of the people there? What if, what if, what if, right? All of those things. What if I'm not good enough? And I had two beautiful spirits there with me. One who's my doorkeeper and he is um, intense, intense. He's a very physically um, present spirit, I guess is the way that I would say that. He's capable of doing a lot of things on the earthly physical plane. So he's very well known for turning on and off lights, even the kind that you have to turn you know, like a lamp where you actually have to physically turn it or push a button on the lamp. 
He turns on and off coffee makers. He turns on and off water. He is very physical, um, which is great when you are wanting validation. So he was in the car with me. And then Mariah, who I shared a couple podcasts back about my employee's daughter who had transitioned. Mariah rode in the car. She's She loves, loves to take rides in cars. And she rode along. And I can remember feeling so incredibly grateful that they were both with me. I felt so supported on the other side of the veil. And this gentleman, this spirit, also rode along in the back seat. We got to the house and I asked to use the bathroom, not because I had to go, but because I needed to acclimate to the energy in the house. Whenever I walk into a new area, in particular when I'm going to be doing any form of mediumship, it takes me a moment to learn the energy of the home. And then as people enter and leave, the energy shifts and changes. And I needed to have a baseline. I needed to allow myself to feel fully into the home into the people that were already present, knowing that a bunch more would be entering and everything would change. And I knew in kind of intuitively that if I asked to go use the bathroom, I could just stand for a moment and ground and center myself and find myself in a grounded, centered place in order to do my job. And I won't get into the specifics of any particular individual's reading, but the gentleman, the spirit who, who rode along with me, he was there because his brother was at the seance. And ironically, he had multiple siblings and a father who had also transitioned And all of them had a lot to say to their brother, which is ironic because their brother is actually very, very tapped in. has a beautiful ability to engage with spirit on a very high level. And this particular spirit, he was pissed, for lack of a better word. His brother still had some of his ashes that he had promised to spread with his son. And that hadn't occurred for, for various different reasons. And so he, you know, he waited in line because he he also knew that he had other brothers and a father who wanted to talk to this particular individual, this particular gentleman. And he wanted to go first. He wanted to say, get my son and spread my ashes. And I can remember as, as those messages came out, my heart just ached for this spirit and for this brother and I thought I really understood I guess I understood why he waited two weeks why he followed me around for two weeks what um, 
a gift for this spirit and for this brother to be able to have that interaction and relay that message. And, you know, this spirit ultimately knew that as painful as it would be for his son, it would also be a very healing experience. And that particular seance will forever and always be in my heart. There were multiple interesting things that happened during that particular seance. One of which was that I was getting ready to leave after I had finished reading for people. And I began to kind of shut down, right? The closing process to let spirit know that I was done. And I was going to protect my energy, cleanse and clear any energy off of me. It's a really important part of mediumship so that you don't have energy stuck to you. So that you don't stay open and have your energy depleted. So I started to shut down. And D from last podcast was walking me out. And her son... Uh, her, her son is actually biologically her grandson who she had adopted after her daughter transitioned. And as she was walking me out, she said, oh, my son has a question for you. And I thought it was just going to be a question about metaphysics or a question about mediumship or what have you, right? But as I was walking out, I stopped I turned, I went into their living room and sat down next to this young man. And he asked me about a particular individual. And as I said, I had already shut down. So I started frantically trying to reopen because I recognized that what he was actually asking was to engage with this particular spirit. So I opened back up as quickly as I could and I sat next to him and he just wanted to know that she was okay and I can remember the physical sensation in my body and at the time I wasn't sure if it was because I was trying to open so fast but I wanted to cry I wanted to cry and my whole body hurt and my physical body was wildly uncomfortable And as I sat with this young man and I spoke back and forth with this woman, this spirit, I felt my heart just so open and also so vulnerable and It was one of the lessons that I will never, ever, ever forget. Sometimes when you're relaying messages, you want to make them make sense for you, right? As the individual relaying the message, you want to make the messages make sense, rationalize them, understand them. But you see, the messages aren't for you. You're just the channel. You are literally 
just channeling these messages. In shamanic work, it can be called being a hollow bone, meaning you are the hollow bone. And the more hollow you are, the clearer the messages come through. So I am sitting next to this young man, this teenager, and speaking with this woman. And she starts talking about a tree house. And it felt odd to me. I wanted to change it. I wanted to say tree fort. I wanted to say hunting fort, right? The young man is a hunter, and I knew that. And there was a part of me, the humanness in me, wanted to adjust the message. And in my head, I was going through treehouse, tree fort, tree stand, treehouse, tree fort, tree stand, knowing that she said treehouse, but feeling like a, a teenage boy, <laughs> treehouse, wouldn't, wouldn't mean anything to him. And I couldn't understand why she was saying it. And then I reminded myself, it wasn't for me. That message wasn't for me. And there was this moment of almost like, how dare I think that I need to understand it? That is not my job. And so I said treehouse. And his mother was sitting next to him. And she lit up and squealed. And... um. I sat there and stared at them and, and he said nothing. There was no reaction. And Dee said, are you going to tell her or are you going to make me tell her? And he said, I'll, I'll tell her. And I can remember my lip quivering and having almost no control over my lip quivering. And I can remember blinking hard and breathing through my nose, trying not to cry. But my body, my heart, desperately wanted to cry, wanted to wail, really. I just wanted to sob. And I fought it with every ounce of my being because I thought that it was me. I thought that it was me being tired from all of the readings. But moments later, I learned that it was her. It was her. So this young man went on to tell me that the woman that he was asking about was his friend's mother. And he and his friend had built a Lego treehouse. And his friend's mom was murdered in a fairly violent way and the tree house that he and his friend had built out of Legos was still standing in the middle of the room it was one of the only things kind of untouched in this scene where she was murdered 
And the reason that she had said treehouse was because she knew without a doubt that he would know that she was really engaging with him, that it was really her. It would be undeniable for him. And what she was really telling him was that she was fine, that she was okay, and that she loved him. And we kind of quickly ended the engagement and I went out into the car and I started the car and I was not capable of controlling the tears as I drove out of the driveway and I think I probably cried for 10 minutes recognizing that some of it was me at that point and a lot of it was engaging with that particular spirit and that experience will forever be etched in my soul in my mind in my heart and it was truly truly the defining moment where I recognized that I did not need to understand messages they were not for me and that I had no business changing what I was receiving. That it was purely my job to relay them, which I knew, but it grounded that lesson into me in a very different way. And I will carry that lesson with me. And I am so grateful for that young man, for his mother, for his friend's mother, for the spirit who rode with me around in my car and in my home for two weeks before the seance. And for every single individual who showed up there that day. I know some of them were coming for entertainment value. I know some of them were coming to connect with loved ones. Some of them were coming to challenge their belief systems. And for each and every one of them, it doesn't matter why they showed up. They all left an imprint on me. And I will never forget that experience. I will always carry that with me and hold a special spot in my heart for each and every one of them and for their loved ones who showed up and engaged. It was a really profound experience for me and Hopefully it was for them as well. So thank you for being here with us at Rose Quartz Mediumship Podcast. Love having you here. And we will be back with another episode next Thursday.